Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What is up, everybody? It is almost the weekend, or the weekend here, whichever way you look at it. It's Friday. Um, today, we have the amazing Patrick Buchanan, who is the VP of Marketing at Good American, which is one of my favorite brands because they're not just size inclusive, but they truly have it down packed of what inclusivity and DEI is from their campaigns to everything they do. They just knock it out the park each time so anytime they do anything I love to see and support it and Patrick and I have a great time he's hilarious and also just a marketing maven like he knows so much about marketing and all that jazz and everything between so if you like marketing if you like clothes if you like fashion if you are just nosy this episode's for you so you want to grab your phone grab your notepad grab a few friends whatever it is go on a nice walk whatever you want to do <laughs> i don't know this episode's for you so tune in patrick welcome to the show how are you i'm amazing how's it going good good so happy to have you we're about to everybody for listening hopefully you all got your beyonce tickets Woo! we're hoping you all got because <laughs> i know i'm sure it was a mess get everybody to secure what they needed oh my god i'm trying to figure out just how many shows i'm gonna go to a friend of mine was like, let's go to Paris or Barcelona. Oh. Or, she's like, I heard the tickets are cheaper there. I said, well, you do realize that by the time we pay for travel and hotel. The, the Airbnb, the food, the outfits. Yeah. But I saw Beyonce's formation tour in New Orleans. Ooh, I know that was good. It was, it was magical. It was like, I literally feel like I went to the place where like it all took, it all happened. Oh my gosh. And, and so the food, Beyonce, the culture, it was one of the best trips ever. Ooh, well, we need to. So everybody, and we'll have to have Patrick back to do a recap after everybody's gone and oh. seen it because oh, we, we're going to break be, it all down. <laughs> oh my god, you just have no idea. I mean, like I've been a day one Beyonce fan, like like since Get on the Bus, like the songs that were before the kids knew who Destiny Shot was. I've always been, a, I've always been a fan. So come on, girls, see, time stand. Uh, come on, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm celebrating a moment, a milestone with our queen, you know. Um, and so I'm excited for this uh, uh, Renaissance tour for sure. Okay, let's get into it. But <laughs> but, but, but uh, before we get into all the cool other amazing things aside from Beyonce, we always do the question here of what the term "young influential" means to you. Oh wow, young influential! What does that mean to me? I mean, honestly, I think that 
you know, being young and popping. <laughs> and, 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 and I don't know. I think we all probably have some influence. And I, it's funny because one of the things that I was just kind of thinking about is like, it's kind of the, the things that are up next and the people who are moving and driving culture and influential. And so I try to always keep some young influential people in the circle just so I can make sure I keep my finger on the pulse of what's happening and what's now. So, um, yeah, I think it's someone who's like, got their ear to the streets, driving culture, and your influencers, influencer. Come on with that answer. And just so people know, I'm tired of people saying that, like, millennials are over. We are the, we were the blueprint. We are the blueprint. No. We are the over blueprint. What? So, over what? Over like, that comment. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, we are the blueprint. Like, we are the blueprint. Everything that's going on today is just revitalized from our childhood. So I don't want to hear it. <laughs> No, I will. I will never tap out. I feel like I like I'm forever young and forever influential. So <laughs> exactly, I'm not giving it up. I'm not giving it up quite yet. Although, We're staying on our throne. I see you, Gen Z. I see you coming for our play. <laughs> <laughs> I see you keep keep coming though. <laughs> but it's just going to take a little bit more work ethic to you know what I'm saying to come and uncrown the millennials because I think we came up during a different era, mm-hmm. and I think it's kind of like the the amount of work you know, we put in to be where we are. It's just different today. So I know like young people today are wanting more of that balance and, you know, they, you know, they put their foot down to know how they're like, I'm not having it. <laughs> and some of the stuff that, you know, like I feel like when I was growing up, I just like shut my mouth and whatever. Yeah. So I actually live, I live for it and I learned a lot from the younger generation, but I think that they could also learn a lot from us as well. But quiet ain't no back talk. <laughs> okay (laughs) but to rewind before we get into everything that you're up to at good american take us back to childhood patrick like did you have any favorite brands or style icons that you really admired that kind of made you interested in fashion and style i did so i grew up and i was raised by my grandmother and so when it came to wanting the things that all the other kids had, she just wasn't having it. It wasn't like we had unlimited money and I was like, I need Jordans and I need this. It's like, you go get this pair of shoes and this school <laughs> outfit. like, And so pick wisely sort of thing. So I always, as a kid, had to learn how to be a little bit more crafty because all my friends in school had the, the hot things. And so I would just try to find ways to kind of be popping in my own unique way. So when it comes to style, I think I really gravitated towards Tommy Hilfiger when I was younger. It was like I only wore Tommy for a second. And it probably was like Aaliyah and mm-hmm. Destiny Child and all the, the kids were um, wearing that. So I remember looking back at all my, my yearbook photos and I usually had on like a Tommy Hilfiger something or another. So I think that's a brand that probably stood out to me. And style icons, Dennis Rodman and Andre 3000, I feel like were very iconic to me Mm -hmm. growing up because as a young kid looking at them be so free and so much themselves um i'm from kentucky so like a lot of people don't oftentimes feel like they can say their truth right or they can Mm -hmm. be their true self or there's not really a lot of opportunity sometimes for self-expression so watching someone like andre 3000 dress so wild and dennis rodman's hair colors and like the crop tops I was like standing as a kid. And so, although I never dressed like that, um, I always really admired them and, and wanted to 
be able to live and be that free. No, that's so true. Because when you said that, I immediately thought of that iconic Aaliyah Tommy Hilfiger outfit that she wore to. Oh my god! Yeah, that was a that was a cultural reset. I mean, it it was done. It was finished. It's <laughs> like I mean, and Aaliyah, like Aaliyah to me, like she was like you know Beyonce's my Beyonce, obviously always. But there was a few people who have had like a similar impact, and like, I think when I was a kid, I loved Aaliyah. I was a big Mary J fan. Um, and so, yeah, they definitely all had a, a big impact on my musical and fashion taste because it kind of like goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. They were the blueprint. Yeah, Juicy Couture, Baby Fat, all the. Oh my gosh, stop it. Stop it. Where's Kamora Lee Simmons at? Okay. Where is she? Kamora to the front? Yeah. Somebody call Kamora. <laughs> and did you like study fashion or did you, how did you kind of learn more about like the business aspect of it and kind of get more educated about it? Like, did you do a lot of internships? You know, I studied journalism, broadcasting. And I aspired to be a news anchor and an entertainment host. And so fashion was something that was important to me because it was a form of self-expression, but I didn't really study it. I, I got most of my training on the ground. And so I came to LA like everybody else trying to, you know, make something to myself. And I'm like, oh, it's hard out here in these streets. Like, <laughs> and the way and the way rent works, it, it like it needed to be paid every month. So talk about it. Talk about uh, it. There was just there was a time where it it got to the point where my bank account was looking very very uh, glim, and I was like, okay, well, I need to get a job. And um, there was just this opportunity with a footwear company, and honestly, I couldn't care what the job was at that point. I'm like, I'll take it. And um, I got the I got the job as like a social media manager or I mean, I may have been an assistant or intern. I was just I mean, it was like the lowest job in the department. And I had never even been in a fashion business. Or, and, and so I kind of like learned on the ground. And it was like some of the wildest and most amazing time of my life, because, you know, I think in L.A., at that time, it was like, wow, like, this is how people are living. Like, I came from Kentucky and I'm like, what? Like, this is what I'm doing? <laughs> and so the fashion industry has been such has made such a huge impact on my life because it's taught me so much. Like I've grown and learned a lot through fashion and I've traveled the world and got to meet some of the most incredible people. So um, I definitely feel like I've been on a, a crash course since I started that first job. I mean, it was, what is it? Oh, 15 years ago, which is crazy. And like from from there, like was there something that you feel that you learned there that you still take with you to that you still utilize to this day? I feel like it's always cool to kind of see like what skills that you learned in your first job that you'll still use today. Like there's so many things that people can still utilize from their first yeah. job. Yeah. I mean, my first job was just so much fun. I worked with all my best friends and the owner's priority was really to create a lifestyle brand. So from the the very first kind of like real job I had, I realized the importance of like loving what you do and being around people that you admire and that you just really want to do it with. And it kind of set the tone for my career because when I chose my jobs after that, you know, it had to have elements of that. And as far as from a work working perspective, things that I learned is just the importance of 
working harder than everybody else, <laughs> being the hardest <laughs> person in the room. I mean, I, you know, I know it because, you know, I think that it's something that I've always had to do. I've always been told as a kid, like as a black man, you have to work harder than anybody else. And um, I think I just have taken that to heart in the sense of the way I've been successful in my career is it's like, how can I raise the bar? How can I come in and make myself invaluable? Um, and I think that's something that in any position I take, I try to go in and say, okay, like this is the job. Cause a lot of people think they've done something cause they just done the job. You're like, okay, well that's just the job. But how do you on top of the job, make yourself stand out from the competition? So um, that, I think that's kind of the thing that I've learned from an early age and that I continue to apply still today. No, that's so true. And today you have a cool job you're at. Good American and marketing and all that stuff. Can you kind of give us the rundown of the company and then a little bit of like what your role is? Yeah. So I work as the VP of marketing at Good American and Good American is the first fully inclusive fashion brand founded by Khloe Kardashian and Emma Greed. And it really is such a magical place because, you know, we make clothes for every woman, you know, and I, and I think that in my life, Women have been so instrumental at raising me, at teaching me, at getting me. And to be able to work at a company founded by women that serve women and help to, you know, solve a problem that that was a big problem in the industry, you know, it really feels almost like passion work. You know, I'm like, I like I feel like I go to work every day and I'm like, the fact that I get to do this, I feel so lucky to be able to have my job. So yeah, I I uh, I love it so much. That's so cool. And I feel like what's really cool about you guys is not only the cool collabs that you guys do is that any store that carries your guys' jeans like carries all sizes, which typically in a lot of retail stores will carry up to, say, a size 10, a size 12. Like They won't carry the full range. So when you guys first started that, did you guys get a lot of no's from merchandise? Or how did that how did you guys kind of stick to that being like, no, if you want to carry your stuff like this, has this is how it has to go down? Well, I didn't work at the company when they started that, when they started that, but I mean, from, you know, hearing the stories and, and kind of knowing uh, how, how the company works today is just when the brand is founded on inclusivity, um, it's how you start it. It's kind of like how you start, it's how you finish. And I think that from the very beginning, that's just kind of, they knew that they we want it to be an inclusive brand. So, you know, when you have those conversations, you just know it's going to be inclusive. It does, it's like, it's not, you don't even second guess it. So I think maybe for a brand that's been around for 50 years, it would be more challenging to kind of mm-hmm. say, we only want to be positioned like this. But I think, you know, they had the ability at the very beginning and the, and the, and the insight that that's what they wanted to do and um, they executed it. And so it's still today something that I think we're all very proud of. And I think what's cool is like you guys do such a good job of like as millennials and Gen Z, like inclusivity and diversity and all that such at the core. And we want to see that whether it's on social media, in the stores, on the posters uh, for all the marketing coming out. Um, But another challenge that a lot of brands I feel face right now is like marketing towards Gen Z and marketing towards millennials. Do you guys feel like there's a half and half that you do or how do you kind of make it where you're marketing at both, but not being like too young or too whatever. I think the beauty of social and in kind of catering to your platforms is that, you know, there's certain platforms that, that 
certain groups tend to go towards. So it's like, I think the millennials are still on Instagram for the most part. And Gen Z is over on TikTok. Um, and obviously there's some crossover, but I think it's kind of like making sure that you are listening to your consumer and hearing what they're asking for. And then also just kind of like making sure that you have a strategy that is channel specific because you just can't serve everyone the same thing. And I think mm -hmm. that's the, we know that today from having a Netflix and a HBO and a, you know, like all the different uh, streaming services is that people can go specifically into what they're interested in. So when I go into my Hulu account, it brings up all the things that I like. It's like, okay, here you go, the will and grace. Talk about it. This, <laughs> it you know, it, it knows what I want, you know. So, you know, I think it's like, uh, we just have to learn how to be smarter. And I think technology and analytics, you know, teach us what people are really requesting. And it's like making sure that you're just a little bit more thoughtful when you look at the strategy. And then, like, speaking of social, what I really like that you guys do is um, we're starting to see more brands do it now, but really implementing that UGC and really, sh like, sharing actual people who are wearing it versus the typical, like, stock photos of, like, the photo shoots and stuff. You guys do such a good job of, like, balancing out the UGC and um, where it just flows really well. Like, whenever you guys are looking to work with influencers and stuff, like, is there a specific process that you all do with that? Or how do you guys kind of find the flow of it to kind of find like the people that really rep it? Well, you know, we have the good squad and the good squad always <laughs> represent. Uh, we just got finished with our open casting tour and that's where we go around the world to find new faces for the brand. And it's one of the most amazing things that we do every year. And a lot comes out of that. So I know we do a campaign with the select group of girls, but we also work with a lot of the women to create UGC and to be influencers. So, you know, I think influencer content is important just because, you know, a lot of people want to see themselves. The one thing that I hear a lot when we are on the tour is I don't feel like I see myself. Like this is the first time I've like seen someone who looks like me in an ad campaign. And so to be able to give someone that experience, to be able to see themselves for the first time. I was watching a movie on Amazon, I don't know, a year or two ago, and it was about a young kid who aspired to be a drag queen. And I was just thinking when I was growing up, if I had a movie, like <laughs> having a movie where it's like someone is is showing who they are as a young person and like they have support from their family. And, and obviously there's people who don't agree or, or whatever the case may be, but they address all those issues in the movie. I, I think the movie was called Jamie or something. And I just didn't expect it to have that sort of impact mm -hmm. on me because I can't remember if the movie was good or not. But what I did walk away from, I was like, whoa, like there is so much power in representation because when people feel represented, they also can know what's possible. And, you know, being from somewhere like Kentucky, like I am, you know, I didn't have a glimpse of what the world had to offer. And it wasn't until I went to New York and started to travel and, and, and expanded my horizons that I saw what was possible. And I think the rest is history. But yeah, I just think it's important when any brand or any marketer is looking at campaigns. It's like, really, how can you make your consumer feel like um, they're being seen and they're being heard? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know, that's so true because I feel like kind of like when we were growing up, like we had like our specific like people that we would look at but I feel like now it's it's gotten to the point where it's like we just won't tolerate it. like we don't see diversity or like size inclusivity and um like different people with like different abilities like in these campaigns like we like we hold our dollars it used to be back and they would be like man nobody in here looks like me but you know everybody those those jeans are still cool so I'm a you know swipe swipe yeah. <laughs> but it's like now it's like people will call you out on social to be like okay you guys are just gonna post like this for Hispanic Heritage Month that you guys are only going to do, like, where's the actual diversity or inclusion throughout the year? Like, we're not Latinx and LGBT once a month, once a year. Like, yeah. like we want to see all of it. And all, I feel like... all the time. <laughs> like, I think companies have to have an always-on approach when it comes to that. To me, it's like, either do it all the time or don't do it to me. Like, I don't know. I mean, and, you know, at the end of the day, like, I guess when people do do it for the month, like, it, you know, at least people get to see what it could look like. And, you know, like, I think that as I've grown in my career and been in positions of power, I've never understood the role that I could play. And I think it's little things across the board that I've seen even from on the other side of the table, where it's like having a well-rounded group of people at the table really just helps because, you know, like there's certain things that I'm going to see or I'm going to notice that somebody who might be my coworker might not see or notice because of where we come from and what our backgrounds are. And so I remember I was on set and I saw something and I was like, child, we cannot put this out <laughs> without a fix. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, we're not going down like that. But, you know, no one else would have known that or no one else called it out because it's just not something that's on their radar. But I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? We can't know not today. We won't. <laughs> and, um, and it's just moments like that where I realized that like, Inclusivity is important for so many different reasons. And I think brands who are looking to um, just really serve, properly serve their consumers, you know, they want to make sure that from not only a public facing standpoint that we show different faces, but also behind the scenes, there's different kind of faces, you know, working on the campaign because it ultimately just makes all the work that much better. And that's a good point that you brought up about like touching on like, oh, like that can't go out. Because I feel like so many times a lot of these marketing campaigns and stuff that are coming out. I'm just like, how did this get to the final stage of approval? Like who approved this? And that's why it's so important that these companies, whenever they're like, we didn't know that this would be, that's why like you need diversity and inclusion at these tables, because you could avoid a whole scandal by an influencer or people, whatever, if you have correct representation, if you have only whatever at the table, of course, you're not going to see that like, this campaign you did for Black History Month or Asian um, Heritage Month is offensive. Like, you don't have anybody there that looks like them. Totally, 100%. I think it's kind of like it's a blind spot if if you don't have someone sitting at the table. And it's like you just don't want to, 
you know, at a certain point, you it's like if you can have some help and somebody to guide you. And I think separate from just having a lot of people at the table or different people at the table, it's also empowering those people to speak up and have a voice. I think anytime I'm having a conversation, I always let my team know that I want to hear what you think. You know, like I, this is not a dictatorship. And like, although I got a lot to say always, <laughs> I, you know, I'm like, but what do you, I ask a lot. I always ask people questions like, is this good? Is this right? Do you agree? Just trying to crack down on, is it the right thing to do? And so, you know, like you don't always get it right. Sometimes you, you mess it up. And so I don't think this is like even trying to come from anyone being like, you know, but I think it's like taking steps in the right direction to ensure that you try to put processes in place that allow you to make sure that to the best of your ability, you won't make. And that's a, and that's so true that the point you brought about like checking with the team, because I feel like a lot of times employees at their companies, when it comes to marketing or whatever materials coming out of their company, they feel like their voice isn't heard or that they can't speak up or, and it won't be right or taken upon. So it sounds like you guys have like processes in place where everybody can kind of share like their take on stuff and give feedback before it's that like marketing comes out. Yeah, I'm, but I'm like that everywhere I go. I'm always like, what, what, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you, think? you know, like, tell me, you know, and also just not being taking it personal. You know, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times when it comes to work, you know, even though we put our blood, sweat and tears into it, a lot of times feedback is not meant to be personal. You know, it's like, um, tell me if I'm doing good, I want to know if I'm doing bad. I want to know if I'm, if it didn't meet your expectations, we need to know because you can't, make any adjustments and you can't get to the goal if you don't know, you know, where you're going wrong. So I think uh, one thing is that we're in a culture where everyone wants to just be praised all the time, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's the negative feedback. It's the, it's the stuff that like that post postmortem where you're like, this is what went wrong. <laughs> and you talk about those things that ultimately make you better. Um, so, you know, I think it is important to speak to your teams to allow them to have a voice at the table and then to also, you know, be able to say, okay, well, I was wrong. (laughs) And and I do it all the time. And I'll be like, all right, all right, y'all got me. (laughs) (laughs) And out of curiosity, like whenever you guys are coming with like new campaigns or new marketing and stuff, whether it's for social or out of home posters and stuff, like where do you tend to kind of stem that inspiration from? Is it from like, well, you guys are seeing trending on social media. Is it through music? Is it like, where do you guys kind of get a lot of the inspiration from whenever you're deciding on like what to do next? I think it always varies when you look at what the amplification strategy is of a campaign in the sense that like every campaign is unique. I think uh, almost like a, a child, I imagine. It's like, you know, everyone, everyone is different. This one like chicken nuggets, this one like pizza, <laughs> like, you know, like what, you know, so it's like you got to kind of figure out you know what it is that you're doing and then like what makes the most impact so i don't i i don't like to approach any campaign the same you know and i think it's not like uh you know i think there's some ways from a process perspective where it's like you can kind of like automate a system but i just think that like i like to check in and say is this the best thing that's gonna make this campaign pop um whether it's out of home or it's partnering with an influencer or whatever the case may be so I don't think there's one way that I go about it. I think it, it's just more so kind of like a case-by-case scenario. And then before I get to my like last question, do you have like, out of curiosity, do you have one that you had really a lot of fun doing like a campaign or a, whether it was on social or at home that you thought was like really fun or you really enjoyed like the whole process with? 
Oh, I feel like it, it's like <laughs> it, it, it's so hard to say just because. Um, I don't know. I, I I sometimes when I see them all go out, like I'm like, oh, like that's so much fun. But <laughs> it, and then it, oftentimes it's just on to the next one. But there's just been so many moments across my career where I've just had to pinch myself and say, I just cannot believe that I was a part of this, you know. And um, so I think any campaign where it's like I feel like I've made my little young Tommy Hilfiger wearing self <laughs> proud, where I'm like, wow, look at that billboard in Times Square. Like, that is, like, so huge. Or, wow, like, this is on TV. Like, everyone around the world is seeing this. Like, it just is it's crazy. I'm like, this little Black boy from Kentucky is making art that is being consumed around the whole world. I just never could have thought that I would have ended up in any spot to be able to to do that. So... I practice a lot of gratitude today because I just can't even, I can't believe it. I, I really can't. It's like, it's insane. And I've always, it's, it's like, you know, when you dream something and you work mm-hmm. hard for it and you know, you're doing all the things, but when you see some of it pay off and you see the hard work pay off, you just are like, whoa. So, you know, I think stuff platforms like you have here is just so important because I also like, as hard as we all work, I don't want to make it look like it's easy or it came easy or like that, or that I'm so special that no one else can do what I did. <laughs> um, and I want every, you know, little black boy or, uh, or or boy or girl, whatever, who comes from a situation to know that whatever they dream of, they really can make their reality and, and reach for the highest heights and surround yourself around people who encourage you and who make you want to be your best self. And, you know, and, and never and never stop and, and, and don't look back, you know, so um, I don't know if that answers the question about the no, mask campaign it does. I had, but I'm just like, I'm like, I just went into my whole like, come on, a yarn, a moment. And you brought up a good point too, like the whole when you said that, it made me think of like the whole like hustle culture where it's like I got to keep going, I got to keep going, but nobody ever talks about like the rest and like burnout and all that stuff. Like, um, I know, like for me, I always. I, I always have to take this much back where it's like, okay, I need to come back and look at this like another time. So I'll, whether it be going to the museum or meditating or hanging out with friends and family, like, is there something that you do whenever like, you're just like, okay, I need to take a step back and just reset. Yes, yes, yes totally. You know, I, <laughs> I'm a big planner and like uh, I have to-do lists and calendars and, you know, I'm, I, in order to keep my life straight, I have to kind of stay on track that way. But I program in things for me to do to take a break. So it's like in the middle of the day, it'll be like take a walk around the building at least. Or, you know, like I like to walk a lot. I'll, I I love hiking. So I love being outside. And I, I truly believe in order for me to be uh, an impactful marketer and, and a, a just a good citizen to the world, I have to have my rest too. And I, and I need a lot of it. So I need to come home. <laughs> I need time in front of the TV. Like... I'm a, I need to recharge. So I'm a recharger. Like after I've had a long day, like I come home and I like, ooh, take a second, meditate, maybe take a walk, <laughs> you know, get on the phone, talk. I love music. So, I, you know, I've, I'll be listening to, uh, I've got SZA on repeat right now. Okay. Obviously, uh, we, so we have a renaissance moment always, but um, those are a few ways that I relax. But I, I think it's just important. I know like everyone's like hustle, hustle, hustle. Yeah, like definitely hustle. But I think that, you have to enjoy your life because I realized that my light is more is almost more important 
than the work that any work that I could do. And so I think that like, that's just a big part of how I show up. So if I'm showing up and I'm always tired and I'm always upset and I'm always feeling low, you know, like I, I wouldn't be the vibe. I wouldn't be somebody, somebody wanted to be around. And so I think that, you know, I, I like to be a light in, in the, in the room. And so I just got to make sure that in order to do that, like we recharge that light. Cause this is, it's solar power light that I got. <laughs> I don't know so, about solar power. It's solar power, so we gotta rest it up <laughs> so I can so I can shine it again. But uh... <laughs> but and then for my last question, like for everybody who's listening, it's like, oh, Patrick, that's cool. Like, love that for you. But I want to break into fashion, but I don't want to be a merchandiser. I want to do graphic designer. I want to do marketing. I want to do whatever. Like, what advice do you have for somebody who? wants to break off in the industry but doesn't know number one like where to go and then like all the different roles and possibilities within the industry because there's so many different facets that you can break into yeah 100 percent. i think internships are always amazing because you can get an inside view of what it's like to be at the company and you can peep people around i don't be afraid to ask a lot of questions um and I think make a plan in my opinion. Like, I think one of the things that I always do, like, you know, we're at the beginning of the year, kind of still like a Q1 moment. Right. And so it's figuring out like, okay, like what do I want to happen? And then how am I going to make it happen? Like I, I'm, I'm always here for a, a plan and some execution steps. It's like, okay, like I'm going to do this, 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 and this, I'm going to reach out to this person. I'm going to say this today. And I think when you show up in the room, make sure you make yourself valuable. You know, I think so many times I always say to people, like, if you're not going to say nothing, why are you here? So not mm-hmm. that you come in a room and you don't, and like you try to like outshine somebody, you know, especially if you just get started. But, you know, if you're in a room and you're in the room with your boss or you're in the room with a CEO, you know, come prepared and make sure that you leave an impression, you know, like bring a suggestion, say something, you know. And I think that that's like, especially for fashion and in marketing for me, I feel like, you know, you have to have a perspective and and you know, and you just have to be a hard worker. So, I mean, I've kind of like done every job. I started in social media and I did PR and then I did celebrity product placement. And so I've kind of had the opportunity to kind of bounce around and see all the jobs in my department. Um, and then like, I was like, okay, like I like that, but I like, think I like this more. Mm-hmm. And I think also it can change too. So it's like, I think people think that they have to be one thing for their entire lives. And I don't necessarily think that that's true. So it's like, you like, okay, well, I, I enjoy learning and doing this, but I think some of the stuff that I learned in one position helped set me up to do a different position. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think the, uh, one of the things that I'm really living by is like some of the things that brought me to where I am today are not necessarily the things that I need in order to take me where I'm going. And so it's, uh, you know, I just think it's important for people who aspire to, to be here just to, to, to really kind of make that plan and, and and then go for it. No, talk about it. That's a whole word. Come on, Iyanla. Come on, Oprah. Yes, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to bless these kids. The bl- you've been a bl- you've been a bless this tabernacle. <laughs> Won't he do it? <laughs> but but Patrick, thank you so much for all the advice and all the all the chat. This is so much fun. I like you know I'm a I'm, I'm a stan of you. I told you I've been on your Twitter and I laugh. Come on, and I listen. Laugh. So I'm so <laughs> grateful that you took the time. Um, and hopefully I'll see you at in the club Renaissance. Okay, <laughs> like we'll have to bring uh, it back so we can all discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm ready. Anytime you want to come back and talk anything Beyonce, you just let me know. <laughs> 
Wow, how great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.